everybody. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, a show that explores all the ins and outs, challenges and opportunities, HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. Even you, Chaz. That, that is true. Hi, Julie. Hi, Chaz. How are you? This is I, I'm, I'm good. This is our lovely... Here's what's crazy, and people don't know this, but you and I are actually staying at different hotels... <laughs> probably a hundred yards away yep. and it would have made so much more sense for us to record this together. Nope. So now we're relying upon two different hotel internet Wi-Fi. So you know what? It, I'm sorry if it buffers y'all. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to buffer because I have faith in hotel internet. <laughs> That's, did that uh, sound, did uh, that sound uh, sarcastic uh, enough, Chad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Julie, tell me something good. Oh, man. Well, you know, Chaz, we are going to talk more about this in an upcoming episode. There's a teaser. Um, but I spent the last couple of days at a fantastic conference um, for leadership development for women. And we're going to, like yeah. I said, we're going to talk more about that. And um, I, I was able to uh, network with a, a lot of our peers um, and really learn a lot of things that I didn't know uh, and, and I, and I, I came out of that experience, um, just really just with a good feeling and understanding some other perspectives and whatnot. So again, we're going to talk more about that in another episode, but I, it has to be my something good today. How about you? That, that's amazing. See, one of the perks of working here at UKG and, and someone who identifies as a female gets to go and gets to go to a women's leadership conference, which mm-hmm. um, my wife was actually there. I know you saw my wife yes. there as well. And she had nothing but great things to say. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super happy you got to go and do that. Yeah. My Every time I talked to her, I kept saying, <laughs> I just talked to your husband. I just talked to your husband because <laughs> you know we talk all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that we have that relationship, right? We do. So, Sorry, um, go ahead. Yeah. So my something good, by the time this episode drops, I will be on vacation mode. So yeah, uh, yeah so we're, we're doing a family vacation this year. Uh, my in-laws, my mom and dad, some family friends of ours, one of my childhood best friends and his kids, uh, they're all going. And I will be in the South Caribbean by the time uh, people are listening to this. So I'm really, really excited to just disconnect for a yeah, little while. For those recharge. of you in that area, look out. Chaz is on his way. <laughs> <laughs> look for look for the six look for the six five guy that just looks oh, lost yeah. in the middle of the oh, ocean. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's how I tell people to find me. So um no, I, I really am excited about it. But that's not why we're here today, Jules. And no. I know this is going to be maybe a longer episode just because this is something I'm really passionate about. But uh, we're gonna talk about ethics in today's workplace. Oh boy specifically <laughs> ethics in HR. And uh, I can I can feel the yawns through <laughs> the screen right now. So <laughs> coming through your speakers. Uh, but before we do that, the business stat of the day from IBE, 10 countries were surveyed. And there's actually several around this, Julie. Uh, this research revealed that ethics at work, a study by IBE indicates around 57% of employees on average uh, will speak up about misconduct. Hmm. And uh, foreign countries have the most issues um, encouraging teams to speak out. First thoughts on that before I go to the second one. Yeah, well, my first thoughts on that is I think that that doesn't surprise me because the thing about it is that a lot of people don't want to be put on a radar. 
So they feel like if they speak up about some kind of misconduct, whether it's perceived or actual, <laughs> they feel like they're going to be put on some kind of radar and, and, and people are going to be looking at them as the problem. Yeah, that was mine. You know what I mean? What about those individuals who say something more than once, right? And and there's that fear of retaliation. Yeah. So you, you've got you've got 43% of people um, that struggle or, or that will speak up, but over half won't. And it's just like, man, where are we? Where are we going as a society in the world of work if we're not willing to call out the things that need to be called out for the betterment of everybody in the organization? We're we're getting we're going to get way far ahead, but I mean I've seen documentaries on this of companies in the past that have done some unethical things, um, and right? Then, and then the whistleblowers who would have gotten terminated, right? Um, I mean that's that the, this whole sort of mentality and idea. Um, mm-hmm behind the people who would not want to speak out, but I know we're getting ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> right. And, and, and to be fair, you know, based on the retaliation from this same study, 30% of employees were concerned uh, speaking out about ethical problems that would put their job at risk. Right. So we're talking about money. We're talking about stability. We're talking about someone being comfortable in the job that they're doing and they won't do it because they're afraid of the instability that may come with saying something. Right. That's it's pretty wild. So the, the, the reality of it is what is ethics in HR today? So um, just a little preface, this is something that I've spent a lot of time studying ethics. Um, I always ask, and this is coming from a talk that I gave all through 2022 at multiple conferences and venues about um, the dangers of secrecy, ethical HR in today's society. And um, when I, when I go through this, it's going to sound a little bit like I'm presenting, but I am going to ask you some questions, Julie. I'm going to put you okay. on the spot, but okay. uh, I love that Chaz. <laughs> hey, we'll just wing it. Right. You know, just make it, just make it up as we go. But uh, here's the deal, Julie, before we do anything around ethics and morals, people often get them confused. Can you tell people mm-hmm. what morals are just by definition? Can I tell people what morals are? I can try. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about morals, um, we're talking more about someone's standards of behavior or their beliefs really concerning what is and is not acceptable for them to do. So if you think about the word moral, it, it stems from uh, the, the M-O-S, most, I guess, is like custom. And it's like customs established by a group of individuals. Um, Like, for example, often tied to like religious or cultural upbringing. So, um, you know, morals, like it's, I think morals are very individual. Would you agree? I think there can be overlap. Like you and I probably have very similar morals, knowing that you and I were raised differently. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, like to, to, for example, um, from an ethical moral perspective, the the moral piece would be I am honest, but the ethical piece is honesty is expected, right? So that's that's where it often gets confused. So, like for me, I grew up in a conservative home. Um, you know, the the idea that my parents were raising me was to make the world a better place, and and that is very subjective to some. But at the end of the day, that's where the beauty of individualism comes into place, right? So, mm-hmm. 
my idea of principal moral the behavior may vary from yours, right? Like if you look at just around right. the world, people are very, very different in how they operate from a moral perspective. Um, but then there's this thing called life, Julie, that <laughs> changes things, right? You know, how about, let me ask you this. Were you the same person? Are you the same person you were two years ago? 100% not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. No, and, right. and I, I would challenge our listeners to ask themselves that question. Right? right? Are you the same person that you were two years ago? And I think it's pretty. It's pretty safe to say that maybe it's even more than two years. I mean, if we're talking this from a pandemic, non-pandemic perspective, but even when we're talking about from a life perspective, people change, people grow, people evolve. That's um, right. And I don't think any of us uh, are the same people that we once were. I know for sure I'm not the same person I was when I was in my 20s. Um, that's for sure. That that person would not be doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would also, you know, argue or, or not argue, but I agree with, you know, 20 years ago or however long when I was in my 20s thinking about what I thought was morally right then. And it could be positive or negative, really does life in the way that it evolves changes your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's why I asked the question, if you were the same person you were two years ago, um, I would really challenge that, right? To say, oh, you're, pro you're probably not. I think you're very, very different. Um, so I digress. Let's talk about the ethics piece. So the history of ethics, it's a way of life. Um, it's a general pattern. It's a set rules of conduct or a moral code. It is about the ways of life, aka the rules of conduct. So when you think about ethics in the workplace, let's see if you can get this one right, Julie. What in the workplace, when it comes to rules of conduct, does HR have to help people operate ethically? The policies, the, the handbook, right? The policies. The <laughs> well, yeah, but but I'll take that even farther, and I uh -huh. would say HR also has the laws that we have to follow. Um, That's right. From a That's from right. A, a, an employment perspective, an employment law perspective. Yeah. So um, a lot of that is inspired or ethics was inspired by Greek philosophy. Same thing with MOS and the term moral. Um, mm -hmm. Socrates was one of the first philosophers that challenged the traditional values you know, of the aristocracy and, and clearly was a skeptic, right? I'm not going to bore people with philosophy. Um, but in other words, is it really that easy in the way that aristocrats were doing it? Should we have to do it that way to be seen as moral and ethical? And one thing that I respect about Socrates, and especially in what we do, is he challenged the traditional way of everything. Mm. And I think that's what HR faces virtually every day. You know, you have employees that evolve, you have people that evolve, you have um, HR and strategy that evolves, business strategy that evolves. So now we get to this position where it's, man, if it's evolving so fast, our ethics or is ethics um, even viewed or thought about in today's workplace? And I, and I think that it should be. Of right? course it should be, but is our ethics always top of mind? I don't think so. Then that's where the, I think that's where another argument comes in. Is this just something that's innate within us that we draw upon whenever we're making some sort of decision? 
That's yeah. A, so that's a, no, that's a really good point. When you think about the way that we make decisions, does the personal impact the professional, aka the workplace, right? People make decisions so often and so fast that, um, you know, the American Psychological Association talks about when you're tired, you are more likely to make a selfish decision, you know, something that serves self than what it would if you're tired in the workplace and serving your people. So then, then it becomes, okay, is that ethical? Right. And, and how many decisions did you have to make on a daily basis? And when, you know, when you were a vice president of HR thousands, well, I don't know about that, but I mean, you know, you'd always have to make decisions, um, whether or not to, oh, I don't know, hire somebody or Mm -hmm. whether or not to terminate somebody or whether or not to, uh, put somebody on a, a performance improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different decisions that you make. I don't know that it's thousands a day, but I would, I would say that they probably do accumulate um, for HR professionals and for all business professionals in, yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. So generally speaking, would you, would you say that it was a challenge that got easier, a consistent challenge? Some decisions became easier and some were always difficult. So, so for me, um, some decisions became easier as I gained more confidence as an HR professional um, and as a person, uh, you know, as, as we get older, I think we gain that confidence. Um, at least I hope we do. Um, but uh, the, the decisions, especially when it comes to employment decisions, um, mm. it's never easy. Uh, right. Those decisions are never easy. Yeah, I think for me, when I think about ethical behavior, especially in decision making and that personal professional blend, you know, you you really have to ask yourself, why is my personal life impacting the decisions that I'm making in the workplace? Well, how can it not be, though? Can I just can I just give you that argument, give this argument? Because we talk a lot about when we come to work, we are we are not leaving our other life behind. That's true. Uh-huh. So, so how, why is that different when it comes to decision making? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. I think ethically, um, it, it there is a blend, right? I think ethically there is a blend. I'm not saying that when you walk into the workplace, you will be unethical with your decision making because you had something that what that happened at home that you're bringing into the workplace. The point mm-hmm. that I am saying is when you walk into the workplace. Are you able to separate, okay, I'm having a bad day and thus I'm not going to make a quick snap decision, even though I think I know what the outcome is, Mm -hmm. and then it negatively impact the business or the people. And there's a critical piece with that, right? So when you're making decisions, you have to challenge the the repetitive behavior. And I asked this question on stage. Many of them say, well, we've seen it before. Well, we've done it before. And then I asked the next question, well, what happens when you make that decision when you're not really sure about the outcome? And then that begs the question, is that ethical? Well, absolutely. We can't predict the future, but if you've seen it and done done it before, and yet your employees continuously evolve and the world continuously evolves, are you sure you're making the right decision in that moment? I can tell you when I say something. I think, I think this is what's sparking in me. This is the thought that I just had. I think Uh that, I think that HR, the position that we're in, in general, Mm -hmm. really, really begs us to ask and answer these questions for ourselves so much because we are, (laughs) 
we are, yes, we work for the organization and we, we protect the organization as HR professionals, but we also work to protect employees as well. Um, And I think there very rarely are decisions made where that balance is equal. In my experience, there, there are times, there are times, but you know, we, we don't always, we, we can't always, it's almost like, you're not always going to make everyone happy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Ultimately, we work for the organization and and we get paid by the organization to protect the organization, et cetera. But from a, if we're taking a people first perspective and so many companies are moving even far, uh, farther, to- closer towards that these days, yeah. I think it's important uh, to, to see it that way. No, I love, I love that point. I, I'm going to say it a little bit differently. HR's responsibility is to protect the people, but they can't protect the people without protecting the business and they can't protect the business without protecting the people. Right. Oof. So, so <laughs> I know that was really fast. Folks, write that, that down, <laughs> folks, write that down. Uh, that's attributed to but Charles Fields. But, yeah. but you're right. It's not always equal. And thus, I think that's where, when we get to this decision-making process and ethical HR, we have this, does the good outweigh the bad? And just because the good may outweigh the bad doesn't necessarily mean it's ethical. So I think about like layoffs, right? You think about layoffs. Well, sometimes we have to lay people off to make sure that the business continues. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to lay people off? Absolutely not. We don't want to lay people off. But to me, that's ethical as long as it's done in an ethical way, because you also have the, you know, the does the good outweigh the bad or the utilitarianism approach to say, okay, I may have to let so many people go to save the business and the X amount of employees that will continue to work here. Does that make sense? Yeah. But then you have the whole, okay, ethical, what is the CEO making as an example? Right. And then their CEOs doing layoffs and, oh, if the CEO would, you know, cut their salary by $2 million, we wouldn't have had to have done the layoffs. I mean, again, you know, these are, these are questions that we don't necessarily have answers to, but I know that these are questions that come up in a moral and ethical realm every day um at right. organizations so um, where, yeah. where sorry where i see a big gap especially surrounding this is there's oftentimes when decisions are made people don't communicate how the decision how people come to the decision right, right. and and to me i think that's the biggest piece you know we, we talk about decision making we talk about what is ethical what is not and then you you don't share why the decision was made in the way that it was. Now, I will say UKG does a phenomenal job of, of doing any sort of communication and sharing why the decision was made. Uh, but the companies that I work with and, and consult with, it's, oh, we're just doing it because it's for the good of the business. And it's like, how many different people would say, yeah, but I don't even have a simple tool that I need to do my job. And yet you're making these decisions that are impacting me every day. Right. So what I will say is there are ways to go about figuring out if the personal is impacting the professional when it comes to ethical decision-making and, and there's approach to this. And, and I've actually, um, talked with, um, you know, my therapist about some of these questions. And it's really, really interesting. I I think the only way you get there is through some self-awareness exercises. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's a lot of questions out there that will help you, but there's three that I kind of stick to. Okay. Um, And, and the first one is, Hey, when are you at your best? 
right? And if you were to draw a line down the center of the page and you put, you know, personal and work on personal on one side and work on the other, you know, hey, Julie, when are you at your best, you know, when you're at home or you're doing things that you love? When are you at your best when you're at work? Now, there may be some blend, but I know you well enough that there's not as much crossover as you would think. Same mm-hmm. thing for me. Um, there's another question that if if you had a magic wand, how would your life be better in the next three months? Mm-hmm. And I would dial that way back to say, what about next week or right. tomorrow? Or how about in the next moment? Right? Like, what are you going to do in that next moment? Right. What What are incremental things that you can do? Small things you can do. Why are you waiting? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that's a whole decision making. Uh, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're getting we're getting pretty deep here, folks. And uh, I know. Sorry, we, sorry. It sounds that way, but well, we um, wanted to be. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that um, the listeners uh, can can sort of think about some of their own circumstances and think about how this applies to their own circumstances, um, and, and really, you know, put these things more at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. And what I would say is the last question too is what activities am I doing when it feels like time flies by and (laughs) right. So personal and work. So of those three questions, like Julie, can you, can you just talk about how those types of questions drive an ethical and excellent culture, right? We're not, we're not sitting down and having the standard one-on-ones we're, we're driving a different culture to say, Hey, look, I want to know you a little bit better. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I you know I really fi- I really find that interesting um, when we look at our look at that question about what am I doing when it feels like time flies by, mm-hmm. you know, Chaz. One of the things for me that I do when it feels like time flies by is when I'm on stage, yeah. when I'm when I'm speaking, um, yeah. and I, and I wonder if you feel the same way. I feel that way on speaking. I feel that way doing a podcast. I feel mm-hmm. that way. Oh yeah creating content to, to help people thrive, which, uh, you know, people don't see the behind the scenes stuff where you and I spend, uh, hours just yelling at each other about the difference, <laughs> not really, but that, you know, having our differences opinions to say, okay, what can we do to better what it is for organizations? Yeah. And, and where I find the biggest F the biggest ethical component of this is when you're making decisions and you're impacting people and organizations, you've got to tell the truth that you're allowed to share. Yes. Let me. And take if you're not allowed, and if you're not allowed to share everything, you have to say that too. Yeah. Or even even a step further, ask yourself why aren't you allowed to tell that? Right. So so for years, going back to Socrates, for years, people are told the traditional way of work and value. Now, granted, we can't share HIPAA protected information and, and right, right, right. stuff like that. But, you know, if your business is operating out of, you know, 20 years ago, and well, I can't share that information anymore. What you and I both know is that there is a new level of accountability and expectation of transparency within the workplace where that may not have been viewed as ethical. 10, 15 years ago, where I, I do believe that it is now. I can tell you when I say something. No, no, no. I'm listening to you. I mean, I, your knowledge on this topic and, no. you know, this, no, no, no. It's, it's really interesting to me. And I know this is something that you're passionate about. Um, I, you know, I really am. Topic. I think, yeah. yeah, I think when it comes to making decisions and communicating, there is a responsibility to leaders, you know, and, and the three key points, like, is it honesty? Like, is it coming from a place of honesty? Does it keep the organizational integrity? intact. 
that's a really interesting one because I think if you ask a lot, if you were to survey, just generally speaking, every company, I think a lot of people would say, well, our company isn't running off of integrity. And to me, that's shocking because how how are you operating ethically if if your people are saying, yeah, that's that's not coming from a place of honesty and integrity. Right. And and I mean, so much of this, (laughs) I feel like we say this ad nauseum, but so much of it goes to back to trust. Um, So and and also the, the psychological contract. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it goes back to trust. Right. And if you, you know, you lose that trust through an unethical decision or through Mm -hmm. lack of transparent communication, it's really Mm going to be hard to get that trust back. So, I mean, we don't have all the answers here for the organizations, of course, but I think just raising awareness um, and keeping this in the, the forefront. I mean, there was a, there was a many, many years where, um, you know, corporate, uh, integrity and and corporate ethics and morals were really on close display and right. there, there have been laws that have changed you know the way that business is done and the kind of disclosures that have to be given etc so that's that's a that's a phenomenal point because if you share the business impact based on the decisions that you're making going back to that trust and transparency piece i think you eliminate a lot of what we've seen in the past. And what I've, what I've been finding is that ethics is on the forefront of people's mind. They just don't know how to talk about it. And where I get um, a little unnerved, if you will, is if we're not talking about it, are we going to end up like a lot of those companies on the news? Oh again? gosh, hopefully not. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully some of the protections that were put into place will prevent that from happening. Um, but you know, we, it all, it all boils down to strong leadership. Um, That's right. And, and, and ethical leadership and mm-hmm. folks that have the right kind of morals um, to be leaders. I, I think yeah. that's important. And that's actually my purpose. You know, it boils down to the right leadership. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to have the right people in place in order to, uh, to, to steer the ship the right way. Yeah, I think I think I find my purpose in it and I think we all know that I'm really passionate about this. I think for me is if you don't know where to start and having these conversations, um, it's OK. That's why you can reach out to Julie and I shoot us a message on LinkedIn <laughs> or, or, uh, you know, email us, whatever. I, the, the, the point being is that if we're not thinking about what it means to make decisions ethically now, we're going to find ourselves in a situation in repetitive behavior that doesn't benefit you, the organization or your employees. So Julie, I think yes. that's it. You want to close I, I think, I, yeah, no, I think that's it today too. Um, that was a, that was a heavy conversation, but a few reminders before we leave, don't forget to like and subscribe and use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites. Uh, also uh, give us a rating if you can, and be sure to also check out the latest blogs and research from the workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org and also be moral and be ethical. <laughs> well yeah, said. I mean, have well morals, said, have morals and ethics, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Thank we'll you. See you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.